Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. I have a special invitation for you. I would love for you to join Bill and I and be a part of our Journey of the Soul launch team. You can do this, but you have to act fast because the last day to join is January the 14th. So before then, what we'd love for you to do is join us in this exclusive launch team. You'll get to be a part of a private Facebook group with us. You'll get a free digital copy of the Leader Guide for Journey of the Soul. And you'll get an invitation for a live webinar that Bill and I are doing just for the launch team members on Group Soul Shepherding. So to do this, what you need to do is pre-order the book, Journey of the Soul, and then upload your receipt to journeyofthesoul.org forward slash launch team. But act quick because you will have to do it all before January 14th. And we'll look forward to interacting with you around Journey of the Soul. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Happy New Year, friends. Thanks for joining us again this year with Soul Talks. We love having you a part of our journey with Jesus following him together. Bill and I are so excited because we have been waiting for this date for a long time. We've been working towards this date, Bill, working hard. We have been working very, very hard on our book, Journey of the Soul, and now it's out. You can order it. Uh, Gosh, we've put our lives into this book. We have, and we hope that you'll be a part of journeying with us as we begin to share all that God has taught us in our life up to this point and in our marriage of 35 years in our journey of this all. And we're start, we're excited. We've had this opportunity to write some of it down for you in a way that we think will be a blessing to you and to your friends. And we really pray that it'll be really helpful, a great tool for the bride of Christ at large. And we've had donors who've sponsored for us to be able to give this book to some missionaries and pastors around the world. And so we're excited about what God's going to do with that too. And you can be a part of helping us get the word out because the pre-launch is really important. Do you know that when a book launches, any books that are pre-sold before the release date count as first day sales? I didn't know that. Well, it's a huge help to Soul Shepherding because this book unveils our model of the stages of faith and emotional and spiritual growth. And so we're inviting people into intimacy with Jesus and soul care and how to bring other people along. So it's powerful for uh, small groups, for church leaders, for soul friends and spiritual directors and guiding other people because we give you the language for each of these different stages of faith. We call them Christ stages, and we're going to be unpacking that uh, is when the book launches February 16th uh, on this podcast and in our blog. But you can pre-order that book now. And uh, gosh, if you would uh, order 25 of them, it would really help Soul Shepherding. All the profits go back to Soul Shepherding, not to Bill and Christy. And it uh, helps us to reach more pastors and leaders. And we're using this book to introduce, uh, like you said, Christy, like missionaries in other countries that don't know about Soul Shepherding. And so uh, it's just a great way for them to know that, okay, here are some resources that can help me in my soul, in my ministry to others. And uh, gosh, oh, Soul Shepherding has a spiritual director that I can talk to who will listen to me and give me empathy and pray for me. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, there's an institute where I can get training and even a certificate in spiritual direction. I didn't know about that. 
So uh, God has put all these things together at this time, and uh, we're really thankful. So you're a part of this, and we're excited today because we want to share with you a little bit of the backstory. Why did we write this book anyway? How did God lead us to do this? What has our journey been like in this process? And it has been a journey for sure. Yeah, we're calling this this podcast The, the Death and Resurrection of a Dream, and uh, particularly for me. Yeah, so this dream for you, and he started when you were really young. Yeah, you know, as a teenager, I discovered that I loved to read and I loved to write. And um, part through some mentoring from my mother, I learned that I was a good writer, that I was good with words. And uh, and so this dream formed in my heart in high school as I was reading A.W. Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, and some other uh, spiritual classics and just experienced God moving my heart in just this whole world of a, of a deeper spirituality, intimacy with Jesus, and a, a vibrant, uh, joyful Christian life. It was just uh, being open to me, and I just, could, I just couldn't get enough of it. And uh, so I, I dreamed one day that I could write books that would touch people's heart with the spirit of Jesus and help people live uh, a life devoted to God and, and a life that really works, that's emotionally healthy and loving for other people and we're, we're doing all that we do our, our work our relationships we're, we're doing it with and for jesus so early on you really loved going to the christian bookstore with your mom and looking at the books and picking one and bringing it home and reading it and finding it just igniting your love for jesus and you found yourself caught up and, and appreciative of these authors and wanting to serve God that way and feeling like he, he had created you and was preparing you for that. Yeah, my first writings were journaling. I, I would journal my prayers and I would journal what I sensed God might be saying to me. And I learned this from people like A.W. Tozer, Thomas A. Kempis, the great monk. And uh, I just really found that expressing myself in words on paper was, it just brought me to life and helped me sense God's presence. And and then early in college, I started uh, sharing my writings with uh, other people, namely my sisters and my <laughs> best friend's sisters, and uh, we called them Meditation Munchies. And uh, uh, so that was like my first writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, dating you, I got some of those Meditation Munchies too, because we were separated for a lot, about a year of our engagement. And so this was before email, this was before cell phones, and so we would write to each other. And I loved getting your letters because they were so rich spiritually. They really did nurture my soul, and so I was blessed by those as well. Yeah, we were just talking about our lives, but yeah, I would share the things that God was teaching me and different prayers, and uh, so yeah, those letters, those journals, those that was my early, early writing. And then, of course, in college, you know, we did all sorts of papers in Christian psychology and, and uh, a um, senior paper, sort of like an early thesis. And so, yeah, that was being honed in me. And I, I dreamed, I developed a dream of being a, a best-selling Christian author. And it was just, it was the thing that was most important to me in my career. Well, I remember your senior year of college, we were on spring break and we went to church and it was a church we'd never visited before. 
And the church had a welcome card in the bulletin, and it had where you check off your profession. And I remember you checking off author, speaker, psychologist, and say, this is what I'm going to (laughs) be. And being kind of surprised and thinking, "Hmm, well, we'll see. But it certainly was what God had for you. You already had a clear call and vision from the Lord in that. And you were already moving towards that. The reason you were even out in California that spring break was because you were interviewing for graduate school to get your PhD, but yeah, well, these things don't happen just by like studying or even willing them. You know, becoming uh, an author or a psychologist or a speaker or whatever your whatever your work or ministry is. It's it's more than study and effort. It's relationships, and so God blessed me as He has throughout my life with um, people that I've met and learned from and. So early on there, through you, Christy, and your family, I met Dr. Dave Stoop, and uh, God just dropped him into my life, and because he he was he was doing the things that I dreamed of doing. He was a Christian psychologist. He was a best-selling author. He was a speaker, and he did it with a, a great heart and a pastoral heart, because he had a pastoral uh, experience as it served the Lord that way, and and so I just picked his brain and I talked to him and I learned from him and I, and I listened to him speak and I read what he wrote. And, and you worked for him. I worked for him and he mentored me as, as a therapist. And so I, I was cutting my teeth in those early years in my twenties uh, and into, into my thirties, uh, just following in his tracks. And he, he set me up with places to speak. And so it meant so much to me when he endorsed journey of the soul uh, and he gave us some amazing wording that, you know, I don't know, friends, if you ever thought about this, but when you're trying to describe, you know, what you do in your, your career, your ministry, it could be you have a blog and you want to tell people about it. Uh, but finding the wording for that, the, the elevator pitch, you know, that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> well, Dave gave us some different wordings for our soul shepherding elevator pitch. He said that, uh, in this inspiring and practical book, it brings together the faith and feelings aspects of spiritual formation. Faith and feelings. I was like, you know, that is what we do. We, we talk about this life with Jesus and, and, and trusting God through Jesus, but the feelings that relate to that. And so I've really been mulling that over since he, he wrote that some, some months ago. It's like, you know, that's a good tagline for soul shepherding, certainly for the journey of the soul, because we're guiding you through these stages of faith with, with all the different emotions and needs and challenges that are going on in those stages and just getting language for that, because we just don't have language for the journey. We don't. Dave's been a real blessing to us, as is his wife, Jan, who's been a mentor as well, and who has prayed for us almost every day these last 40 years. And so pray for Dave because yes. he's in some real health challenges yeah. with uh, with Parkinson's. and Had a had, couple strokes recently. Yeah. yeah, Jan and Dave, pray for them and the Stoop family. But, you know, the other thing that Jan and Dave did is they introduced us to our editor, <laughs> our, our acquisitions editor at Baker Books. So we're grateful for that too. They've been just great encouragers of the ministry the Lord has called us into. But back to your story here, honey, and, and we're grateful for that part of it big time. And we're also grateful because Dave's granddaughter works for Soul Shepherding and she's a great blessing to our team. And she calls him Papa. That That's what I go by. So, yeah. yeah we, we, we shout out to Colleen Vanderwelt who yeah. produces this podcast. Yeah. We really appreciate you. You get to hear her voice at the intro natural of every podcast. That's right. <laughs> so, Bill, your story here, you felt like God had really 
developed you, created you to be a writer, given you this heart, this vision for writing, this desire to write. You were ready to go with it. You know, you had written and published a book when you were in your 20s already. Three of them, actually. Yeah, and so I was working on my fourth book. And uh, in those days, I set aside one day a week to write. And the other days, I was working as a Christian therapist. And we had two little children, and we had a home office with uh, doors that shut, uh, uh, glass doors. And I tell this story in Journey of the Soul, but I was had writer's block. Everyone that writes knows that feeling, and that we, it's uh, just a, an anxious thing. And I just I couldn't couldn't get the the words out, couldn't get traction, and I just really been struggling with this fourth book. And uh, after having some success with the first three, and uh, I was praying about it and wrestling with it and didn't feel like I was really helping. I hit the wall. I didn't have mm-hmm. language for that. That's right. <laughs> we talk about it in Journey of the Soul mm-hmm. when you hit that wall and you're, it, I didn't hit the, the writer's wall. I hit this, a spiritual wall, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. And so then one day I, I was writing and uh, our son David, who was just a little guy at the time, like, um, I don't know, three years old. Yeah. And he, he, he knew that I was home. <laughs> So he came over and looked through the, the, the glass doors there and saw me writing. And I, I could hear him. He says, you know, Daddy, can you play cars with me? And, uh, you know, I, I looked from behind my big computer monitor and, and said, uh, oh, David, you know, I'm sorry. Daddy needs to work today. You know, I'm writing. And he says, well, Daddy, I want to play cars. Let's play cars. And, and you know, I, I held my boundary. And, and uh, then he started to cry. And it was just breaking my heart inside. But I, I, sad to say, I just like steeled myself to keep working. In my mind, this was, you know, it was part of my job, part of how I was earning a living. And, and it was my dream to be successful as, as a writer. I thought it was the best way I could serve God and help people. And then you came to, to um, pick up David and you had little Jenny, one years old, in your arms as you swooped up David in the other arm. <laughs> And uh, you gave me a look that was, um, I was going to say, <laughs> you, very nice. you glared at me. I mean, you were understandably frustrated because, I mean, you know, if you're listening, uh, just put yourself in Christy's position. This is a hard situation. You know, you've got two little kids and uh, they both want to be with their daddy who's home and they want him to come out and play with them like he, he often does. And he's saying no. And so then now you've got to deal with all that, that stress and that frustration. And uh, so... Yeah, you you weren't happy with me. <laughs> I wasn't. Well, and and to be fair, you were writing long, long days where you weren't coming out, you know, even for meals, and it it was. I would never do that. <laughs> it was hard on our marriage in terms of just the intensity. Even when you did come out, you come out with bookhead. You, uh, your head yeah. was still in the book, and so it it was tough. It was very tough for a lot of reasons. And yet I wanted so much to, to be supportive, but we'll get to my part of the story in our next episode. Yeah. Today we're talking about your story. So you, you remember that. What else? Well, I, I, the Lord moved on my heart in that. I, I, I felt some guilt, but mostly I felt sad and I just, I was just wrestling inside about this and what was God doing in me and why wasn't I having a sense of God's blessing on writing this fourth book and 
and you know, Christy, you and I were having um, periodic conversations, uh, serious conflict well, resolutions. Conflict. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> that was a nice way to say it. We were fighting, Bill. <laughs> we were having fights about this. I was not happy with what our marriage was like with you writing again at, at this season of our life. Yeah, and I mean, it was more important to me to be a loving husband and father, and I feel like in those years I was a, a pretty good husband and father, but my writing was competing, and it was taking a lot of my time. And like you said, yeah, I, I had a bookhead. And, you know, if you're a pastor or married to a pastor or, or writer, you, you know what we're talking about where you're just like preoccupied and distracted with that, that message. And I had that in a big way because in those days, my, I didn't realize it at the time, but my, my ego was so tied up into what I was producing and my, my self-esteem was sort of hanging in the balance with my performance. And I, I just had a lot more to, I would have thought that I had learned a lot about this and I had learned some, but I was still very much in the throes of knowing that I am being secure, that I was loved and valued apart from my performance. I mean, I still struggle with that today, actually, but I was deep in it then. And there was a lot of embedded shame in that. So I wasn't able to separate myself. And so... That's why the bookhead just totally would just take me over. I couldn't very well get out of it to be emotionally present to you and the kids. Well, one of the things that's so neat is now this book that we have written, Journey of the Soul, it really helps us in hindsight understand why we were experiencing what we were experiencing, what stage of spiritual and psychological development you were in at the time and I was in. And it just explains so much. It's so helpful to have this this language and this understanding, this roadmap that we now have that we're sharing in Journey of the Soul. Yeah, and the Christ stages, I was in the R stage. Mm-hmm. The Christ is an acronym, yeah. which we unpack in the book. And so I was in responsibilities and ministry. And uh, that's where oftentimes you hit, hit that wall. Of, well, you were very much, a lot of your identity was caught up in your ministry. And like you were saying, there, there can tend to be an earning mentality even with yeah. that sometimes. And so that was influencing you and all of that. And you hadn't yet gotten free of that. And so I think that what happened next, go ahead and, and share the next part of Well, so uh, led you. we, uh, Christian and I were on a, a walk and uh, uh, it was, we had a date night and so thankful for her parents, who were so involved, and still, um, I mean, Christy's dad passed on a few years ago, but Christy's mom still so involved in our lives and with our kids, and uh, now our two uh, new uh, grandchildren. But so they were watching our our uh, David and Jenny, and we were on a date night, and um, at some point, you gave me a card, uh, and which was not a usual thing, so I knew it must be something special. And I opened it up, and uh, in the card, it said, um, Chrissy said to me, Bill, will you co-author the lives of our three children with me? And so that was the way Christy told me that she was pregnant with our daughter, Brianna. And so I was so excited, and because I had just really wanted a third child. And uh, so we just celebrated and had fun, and, and it was such a creative way that she uh, told me, and uh, in that emotional word picture, will you co-author the lives of our three children? God really spoke to me because it, it flashed back on me that scene with David 
uh, wanting to play with me, but I was too busy writing and the tears going down his cheeks and me stealing myself. No, I'm going to stay at my work here. And then Christy being frustrated and exasperated. And so then I was just really wrestling with all that after, after this date night and praying about it. And and, uh, it was really tearing me and pulling me in different directions because I had this dream to be this best-selling author and this gift God had given me and this call from the Lord, but then I knew it was way more important to, to God and my family and to me to be a loving husband and father, and I, I was working too hard and, and I was too tied up into all this, and then I was at this wall, and so it was just so much was churning in me. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of anxiety and questions and uh, trying to find God in this, and and then... Uh, out of the blue in this time period, I, I had uh, really a mystical experience uh, where I, I just, I heard God's voice and uh, in my mind, in my thoughts, but it was just, it was just that gentle authority and that like he- heaven opening. I just knew this, this thought, this, this impression, uh, this still small voice. I knew that th- it was the Lord and, and uh, God said, Bill, will you lay down on the altar uh, your dream to be a best-selling author. Will you will you lay that down and and give that up? I love for me and Christy and your children. And I mean, I, I'm getting chills now just replaying this because it was so real to me, and I didn't even need to think about. it. I said, "Yes, Lord, I will do that." And then I added to it, and I will never write another book again unless you tell me to. And I felt tremendous peace that this was what God wanted me to do. This was, this was my act of worship, uh, like Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about, you know, present your life a living sacrifice. Uh, I knew that it was a good thing. And, um, you know, of course, you appreciated that when I, I talked to you about it. And that ushered in a whole new era in my life and in our family where my life got simpler because not only did I stop writing, I stopped public speaking outside of just a few things that were like in our local church. And I just, I just stopped the, the media, you know, circuit and trying to find places to speak. And I just focused on being the best Christian therapist I could be and, uh, in my work, uh, and then coming home and being present. And so we just had a lot of, a lot more time and a lot for me being a lot more present with, uh, playing with the kids and doing things together as a family and being more, more helpful to you. Cause there was, you know, the truth is there was still plenty of competition for family life with, with my work that I was doing, but there just was less now. Yeah. It, it was a marked difference and I was very grateful, very grateful. And I also was feeling empathy for you that you were having to sacrifice your dream and I was feeling guilty a little bit like, ooh, you know, did I do the right thing with being so, you know, fighting so strong for this? It felt like a big responsibility for me as well. But mostly I was just feeling gratitude and respect for you and so grateful to have you in a sense back and present and investing in our in our kids' lives with me and in our church family and, you know, my family and, and your family and just other ways that you were so much more, more present and available, but also concerned because I did believe that God had gifted you as a writer and had a call in your life. Well, and one of the reasons you were concerned is because I fell into depression. Well, that was the next part of your story. Yeah. At first you felt this peace and presence and were able to see the good things in it. And, and I have to admit there was some of me in my flesh that felt 
um, some sense of like, wow, I won that fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Never heard you say it quite like that, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, he heard me. Like, you know, I, I felt really loved. But the problem is when I, my feeling loved hurt you. And so I was left with that. And then you went into this deep depression. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a mixed thing because I continued to know that that I, what I was doing was was good, and uh, I was I wasn't in a, a major depression like in my whole life. So I don't want to give the wrong impression here. I was happy, you know, in our marriage. I was happy with our family. I was basically uh, happy in the work I was doing, although I was increasingly unhappy in that as the years went on, and that's sort of a whole other story. But as it relates to this this dream in my heart that was so so deep, and this gift that I believe that God had given me as a writer, that was really depressed, and I I couldn't make heads or tails out of that. I mean, I I had some sense. I mean, I knew about uh, denying yourself and going to the altar with like Abraham did with with his son Isaac, and I I knew about. Uh, devoting things to the Lord and waiting on God. But I, I didn't understand when this waiting was going on and on for, for months and years. And because I, I didn't have the, the Christ stages model to, to know these stages. Yeah, it, this was a huge grief for you. This was a huge grief. You were grieving a dream. You were grieving work that you loved to do that was meaningful for you that you felt a great sense of calling about that was also really um, invigorating for you because you've always loved to learn. And one of the, your writing is a part of your learning. It goes together because yeah. part of your research and part of you discovering what you have learned and what God has taught you and what you know, all of that. And you were, you were really missing having that context to do that. And you had told me early on when we were dating that you, you were willing to die for Jesus and you didn't want to keep dating if, if, you weren't disclosing that to me, that you had already made that decision that you were willing to die for Jesus. And um, I don't think at that time you knew the death would look like this, that it was no. a death to a dream, a death to your your best gift, your best talent. And so this was this was hard to make sense of. It didn't make sense, and it, it affected your relationship with God, too. Yeah, well, so the, the depression that I experienced, it was uh, localized, and it was in, uh, the best word for it is that it was a spiritual depression. So it was a dark night of the mm -hmm. soul. Now, I didn't have that language mm -hmm. then, I, and I didn't understand that. We talk about that in the later part of the book, because that comes into play in the later Christ stages. Uh, so, yeah, it, the way it felt to me was like, well, God, I thought you you loved me. I thought you gave me this gift to, to write books, and I just want to... I want to help people be drawn to Jesus and I want to help them be, be healthy and be loving. And why don't you want my gift? And why can't I be a loving husband and father and a, a, a great writer for you? It, it, it wasn't making sense. And I didn't, I didn't have clarity about that. And so I struggled with being depressed in, in not expressing that, that gift and that passion. And I struggled with jealousy when I saw my, my colleagues, uh, Christian psychology, colleagues publishing great books and you know speaking all over and and I was being attacked by Satan I, and I would hear you know horrible judgmental thoughts in my head and feelings about myself well you know why didn't you know how come you can't write that book and you should be able to but God doesn't trust you and you know you're not a good writer anyway and I'm just all this stuff battling in me and I would swirl in that 
Well, yeah, and then your your wife, your best friend, not being in support of your dream. I mean, that that hurts. That's hard. Not wanting you to succeed at the thing that's most important to you, you know, in your career. That's really hard. Well, I knew it was mostly about you just wanted me, you know, to be present, more present uh, physically and emotionally in our home. And I knew that that was good. And I wanted that too. And I, and increasingly in those years, cause this ended up being, you know, multiple years, it was f- 14 years before God released me to write. And, and that's a whole other story that came in a, a very surprise situation. I'll tell that story another time, but hiking up in the mountains with our son, David, 14 years later. And then I didn't, I didn't write the book. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, cause I said, well, I would only, I'll only do that if, you know, you want me to, and it won't mess with what the work that you've done in me to help me be a more loving person and this new intimacy I have with you. And then, then the Lord said, and the thought that came to me that I believe was from God was, well, I know, Bill, that's why it's, you're, I'm releasing you. I want you to write again. Um, so, but it was, it was a long period in those early years. I was depressed and I struggled with jealousy. And, uh, but then I started to, I started to see the the new me that was emerging and I started the Lord was teaching me about the significance of little things and loving your neighbor and uh and then in this period I was mentored personally first by Ray Ortland senior then by Dallas Willard because I had met Dallas and was had been reading his writings and and so I started working this stuff into into my life and I started to really appreciate the the fullness of of the the truth that really my best life it's the little things that nobody notices it's the the little ways that we are are kind and caring and empathetic and and generous and and that we serve people and we do that for jesus sake and it's being prayerful as we go about our day and worshiping god with all that we do and and so getting my identity tied into that life Mm -hmm. yeah and then you your writing again was where you were serving what you were cooking you were you were in this spiritual formation laboratory and you were growing from as a practitioner, as a psychologist, and as a practitioner of your faith in the church as a pastor and a leader in the church, a spiritual formation pastor, leading leading small group and discipling people. And so you were you were starting to overflow some of this and articulate this with words. And somebody asked you to put together some of this for a small group curriculum. And so you did that, and then the easiest way to get it to him was just to put it on, on Amazon and self-publish it. So you did that, and that is the Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke book. And so you self-published that, and that, you know, God has really used that. And then you were just doing this writing and sending it to people who had heard you teach at your church and signed up to receive your devotional whenever you wrote one. It was kind of back to the meditation munchies where you were just sharing the fruit of your meditation and devotion of Jesus, yeah, so praying the, through the Psalms. And just to clarify, so in the middle of those 14 years of not, not publishing and not being released to, the Lord did release me to begin writing uh, devotionals by email. And it was a whole different way of, of writing. And this was when email first came out. And so this has actually ended up being part of the birth of soul shepherding before we had soul shepherding. But I started sending out these emails to, to, to people and it just became a, a growing list. And I learned how to, as you said, Christy, to, to write and really uh, work, all the work I would do to do it out of the overflow or in the easy yoke of Jesus. 
And I, it was a whole different thing. You know, Jesus said, freely you receive, freely give. And that's what writing became for me. Rather than trying to write a best-selling book or trying to, you know, get, you know, great numbers, I, I, I died to all that. That, that was, that's what went to the altar was, was that, that ego, that ambition, that identity, that, that, that purpose. And over the course of those years, I came to not care about that. I came to not care about the, sort of the fanfare or the, uh, maybe the worldly achievement side of it all. And what I came to really care about was loving God and people and being in the middle of that, be, being, being loved and enjoying that life. And so I wanted everything to serve that, 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 that life with Jesus. And so I learned how to write in a way that did that. And it just gave them away. And so that ended up becoming thousands of people, more and more people that wanted to read stuff that we were writing. I, and importantly, I learned how to do that in a way that it integrated with my life better so that I, I didn't as much have that bookhead thing mm-hmm. going on. And, and it, it was easier to do because it was chunks, yes. you, know, was, you know, writing 500 words, not, not a whole book. Yeah. Well, and it was just a joy for me because I saw you reigniting a reawakened spiritually in your own growth and devotion to Jesus and then overflowing in this amazing writing that was blessing me and my soul needed it and was thirsty and hungry for more and and I was grateful because so many more people were benefiting because it was accessible to people around the world and for free and so it it was a joy to me to see that God was was redeeming this and using this and that actually he was using your writing in in large ways and, and powerful ways, but it was just different than what we had thought your dream would be. But there was still um, still a lot of sacrifice for you and still this question about, well, why did I feel so strongly that God had called me to you know be an author of a book and to partner with a Christian publisher? And that question was still, there was still a lot of mystery there in that question. It had been so long. I mean, this... We're talking to you about when you put this dream on the altar before the Lord and gave it up. This was 26 years ago. Yeah, it's a, a long time. And so the, the amazing, really supernatural thing that happened was during those years of waiting and the death of the dream, the sacrifice became a sweet-smelling sacrifice. And I started to have a joy in that posture. And I really did become content with not being an author and the possibility that I would never write another book. Uh, I mean, there was still something somewhere in me that wanted to do that and, and felt like that God would want me to do that, but I, I hadn't been released. But there was this other reality now that was more important to me that we call intimacy with Jesus. And just this, this life with the Lord that included my relationships with you and the kids and friends and clients and students and people at church and uh, people who were reading the devotionals and, and this sort of thing. And so I just didn't want anything to jeopardize that. I wanted to stay, I wanted to stay in that relational mode. And I, I knew that was, that was my best self. That was my best life. That's why we call the book Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. Well, and the Lord was really teaching you a deep lesson of submission to him, waiting on him, learning to move in union with his spirit and not depend upon your own gifts and talents and trying to make things happen. Um, that is, was all a part of your own development through the Christ stages that as we impact that, you'll learn more about that. As you read the book, you'll learn more about these different 
movements in our path of growth with Jesus and our development spiritually and psychologically, emotionally, and our health with Christ. So that was all a part of this. The Lord was maturing you. He was teaching you. He was preparing you. And truly soul shepherding wouldn't be if it wasn't for all of that. Yeah, I that, couldn't have that led. birth soul shepherding. Yeah, that, 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 that writing, that process, that learning that's now in Journey of the Soul at birth soul shepherding, but also for me that, that character growth uh, in terms of my role, uh, birth soul shepherding, I, I could not have led uh, our ministry uh, and led with you in the way that that needed to be without this process of the death of that dream and getting the other side of that in a way that I w- was free of the, uh, or, or at least mostly free, I don't know if you ever get totally free in this life, but of the ego and the ambition, you know. And it really was just about Jesus. And so, uh, you know, I this, you know, n- now I'm not into, you know, the, the numbers. I mean, numbers matter because people matter, but it's not, my identity's not wrapped up in that. And I'm, I'm able, lots of times leading soul shepherding, Christy, there's things that we've wanted that we haven't gotten or we've needed to wait. And, um, and we operate under the uh, direction of our, our board of directors. And that's been uh, an easy yoke for me because I learned how to be in a yoke <laughs> when I went to the altar for my dream to be a best-selling author. Well, thanks for sharing this part of the story. We're going to record our next episode here for next week on my part of the story. We're going to switch roles. I'm yeah. going to interview you and yeah. draw you out, yeah. give you empathy, and let everybody hear this, your story of stepping up to the plate as, as a writer and a leader. So, friends, we're so grateful and so honored for you to be listening in, learning with us, journeying with us, and letting us share just what God has taught and what he's done and some of the rhythms of our life of desolation and, and consolation. We'll be talking about that. We write about that in Journey of the Soul, uh, deeper breakthroughs of his grace. Please join us. Be a part of this. Join our launch team. Help us get the word out. Uh, the Lord has given us a great vision for this book and how he can use it. Um, and we would love to have you just join us in participating with that. We really did write this book for you and the people in your circle of influence. Now pray. Lord God, thank you for each of our friends listening to us now. Uh, gosh, it's just such a blessing that they would be interested in our story and that uh, they would just uh pressing closer to Jesus with us. And God, we just pray that Journey of the Soul would be a great uh, source of encouragement for those listening, that it would give them words for things that they feel and things that they hope hope for, things that they're struggling with and where they need healing and, and wisdom, that, Lord, you just would uh, bring language from heaven to uh, awaken their soul to your presence and to it would be a tool for them in their ministry as a, a pastor, a small group leader, a, a missionary, a teacher, a soul friend, a spiritual director to others. Because, Lord, everybody, we're all on this journey of the soul, but getting language for it that, that's, that's memorable and knowing which disciplines are most likely to help us at which stage and how to pray at that stage and even which scriptures are going to be most helpful. Lord, we really need these practical tools. So just ask your blessing upon the, on the book and just pray that Lord, you'd use it to help more to help soul shepherding, help more pastors and missionaries and leaders, Lord. That's really what it's all about, is that your gospel would spread around the world. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When Christy and I are talking with you, we always wish that we could be face-to-face. 
Well, the next best thing would be a webinar, and that's what we're doing. We're offering you a Journey of the Soul webinar. This will be Wednesday, January 27th at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time. We'd love to have you jump in on this session of learning. We're going to unpack the Christ stages and all the aspects of the journey of the soul. We'll answer your questions. Uh, This is going to be a really fun time of discovery, learning the language for our feelings and our faith as we follow Jesus and as we do that together This tool is going to be so helpful for you in your own walk with the Lord and in your ministry to others because it just gives the language for the stuff that we experience in the different stages of faith and how we can work through the challenges and how we can grow, which which spiritual disciplines are most helpful at which stages. So join us at the Journey of the Soul webinar Wednesday, January 27th at 10 o'clock a.m. To learn more, just go to soulshepherding.org forward slash events. That's soulshepherding.org forward slash events, or it'll be on our Instagram feed and our uh, Facebook page for Soul Shepherding. Look forward to seeing you on Wednesday, January 27th. Great news, friends. Our new book, Journey of the Soul, is now available for pre-order. This book is for anyone who feels stuck in their faith or wants to identify the next steps they need to take to grow emotionally and spiritually. No matter where you are or how long you've been following Jesus, this book is for you. You can learn more and pre-order it today by visiting journeyofthesoul.org. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.